Ready to build better benefits that maximize employee wellness? Join Infirmary Health and Rx Benefits June 4th ASHRA webinar as they discuss actionable advice for developing pharmacy programs with your pharmacy resources, how to build internal and external partnerships that boost employee wellness, and what pharmacy trends could impact future benefit design for all HR leaders. Register today. To learn more about Rx Benefits, visit employers.rxbenefits.com or click the link in show notes. Ashra Nation, welcome to this episode of the Ashra Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bo Bravo, and I'm joined in studio by our by our dynamic co-host, Luke Kerrigan, and we have a very special guest with us. Her name is Adrian Mitchell. Luke and I met Adrian several weeks ago in October in Savannah, Georgia at the ASHRA Executive Summit, um, which we're going to talk about here in just a moment. But Adrian is the Chief People Officer at the Medical College of Wisconsin. She holds an MBA. She has her bachelor's degree from, if you know this place, uh, please let us know. Send us some feedback because I know this place, Eastern Michigan University, and I'm going to say the name of the city, Ypsilanti. Uh, if you've ever know, if you know that city, please let us know. I don't know a lot of people that do unless you're from Michigan or you went to school there. Um, a lot of people can't, can't pronounce that city right. Adrian, what do you think about that? I think that's true. And I'm so impressed that you know it, mentioned <laughs> yeah. it. And I'm going there this weekend, actually. Oh, very nice. Short, short, you can call it Ipsy. Yeah, that's right. right. Ypsilanti. Nice. Yeah, I grew up just, I grew up real close to Ann Arbor. So, um, yep. That's pretty cool. I'm glad that we have that in common. Yeah. So anyways, Adrian, welcome to the show. Um, we're going to dive right in, tell folks a little about yourself, and then we're going to talk about ASHRA for a minute, and then we'll get into some other more complex questions for you. Sure. So thanks. Um, I'm super glad to be here. Um, as you said, my name is Adrian Mitchell. I've been at the Medical College of Wisconsin for about three years. Um, I have been in academic medicine, both on the school of medicine side and the hospital side um, for uh, over 15 years, probably more like 17 years. Um, and this is my fourth academic medical center. Uh, MCW, we are a private freestanding medical school, but we also have the practice plan um, for both children's and adult care. Um, and Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, which is right outside of Milwaukee. Um, so our physicians and advanced practice nurses practice at Freighter and at Children's Wisconsin, as well as the VA. Wow. Um, so yeah, a little bit about my role and me and super glad to be here. Awesome. Well, we can't, we can't thank you enough for being here. We really appreciate your time. We know it's super valuable. So first thing that we wanted to talk about, we, we discussed it a little in the, in the pre-episode before we hit the record button was the importance of ASHRA as an organization and for healthcare, healthcare HR professionals being part of ASHRA. Wanted to get your thoughts on that and maybe compare and contrast a little bit about the value of being specific to healthcare versus someone spending their time and all their development in something like SHRM, which I love SHRM, but it's, it's a general HR overall, right? Whereas ASHRA is getting very specific into healthcare and all the members are from the healthcare uh, industry. How has that impacted you? Um, and what would you recommend for other healthcare HR professionals? 
Yeah. So I have um, been involved with ASHRA for over a decade um, and have always participated in um, their uh, professional development series and webinars and their annual conferences. Um, And I, I probably was introduced to SHRM before ASHRA. But once I learned of ASHRA, I would tell you there's nothing like it, right? It is, um, it is a group of individuals, all who have the same challenges, the same opportunities. Um, you know, often when we feel financial pressures in our industry, we're all feeling those financial pressures. We're all feeling the talent struggles and talent wars and, being able to come together with a much smaller group. I mean, if you go to SHRM conferences, I don't know, there's, you know, yeah. multiple thousands of people, right? Where ASHRA, you know, maybe there's a thousand people and you're able to make connections and network with individuals who um, are doing exactly what you do. And so from ASHRA, I have a network of individuals who are on my text messages, who are on my emails, who if I'm doing something new or for the first time or having a challenge, um, it's not just what ASHRA offers, but it's the connections that you build through ASHRA. Mm-hmm. And then I think the executive forum that we had the opportunity to meet at a few months ago um, really just elevated the game for me, um, moving into a uh, CHR role, which I did back in 2018, being able to have those same opportunities, but with people who are at that C-suite level Mm -hmm. um, and have those same challenges at a higher level um, has just been a wonderful opportunity for me. Well, we really appreciate your feedback on that because we also agree it's critical to it's critical for individuals to have that place they can go and talk to other folks who are doing the same work, same kind of work in the same kind of organization that they are. Um, and I grew up with SHRM as well. And I, and I love that organization. They have so many valuable resources and tools, but it's a different conversation when you're sitting at like your local state chapter um, and you've got people from multiple industries, manufacturing, you might have someone there from healthcare or, a local car dealership, and you just have different types of people in your organization. That's right. You may be dealing with similar things, but it's it's not the same, right? That's right. It's just it's just not the same as sitting in a work session or at the conference, the annual conference, or even an executive summit for the executives, where where you're dealing with these the literal the same issues. That's right. right. Travel okay. nurses, recruiting, yeah. retention, but all for the same type of candidate pool that you're looking for. And I would like your input on. Um, one of the things I think Luke and I have witnessed since we've been part of ASHRA is the willingness, especially at the executive level, to help each other, to share best practices, to not look at each other and say, hey, I'm not going to tell you how I recruit because I don't want you to come get my people. Yeah, There just seems to be this this genuine, authentic willingness to help. And I don't know if that comes from the whole business of healthcare. What What do you think about that? Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, I'll answer your question, but, you know, I'll I'll also say nothing. I I think ASHRA became so important and so critical, particularly during the pandemic. No one experienced a pandemic like healthcare experienced a pandemic. And we all like we didn't all just go home. We all had to figure out how to keep coming to work and do it safely and keep people safe. And so having that, you know, that network of people who are Going through that right with you is um, just invaluable. But, you know, to answer your question, 
Um, now I want to remember your question. Um, Sharing you- information and oh, yeah, yeah. the Sorry. willingness of the executives to, to from different organizations to actually um, do their best to help each other, best practices, insights, and, and it's very genuine and authentic. Yes. You know, it's funny because when I first came into um, academic medicine um, and I, as you said, I went to Eastern Michigan and I worked at University of Michigan for the first part of my career. And so I'm a super huge Michigan fan. And I remember being at a, a conference with someone who was at, you know, Ohio State and it was like, we talked to them. And it was like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> when it comes to professional and, and work life. People have are just incredible. I mean, they will share their entire. Uh, like I'm working on a succession plan. I had a colleague who's at a, a healthcare system in Indiana who said, "Adrian, here's everything we're doing on succession planning for our C-suite." Um, and you know, whether it is that um, you know, there's things we can't share because of antitrust, but if there is, you know plans or strategies or a different way of looking at how you develop your people. And um, yeah. one of my colleagues is using coaches um, as in, professional coaches to help their employees um, think about how to utilize some of the professional development benefits. And they're saying, here's the job description for the coach we hired. So very open, very willing. So I'm very open to ask and people have been very willing to share. Do you think that's unique to healthcare, Adrian? I do. I do. I mean, I would say, um, you know, I, I I worked in other industries before academic medicine, and I don't think I thought about it, but I never experienced it like that. I never I had individuals who would share, um, you know, strategies and approaches. And I, I do think they look at it as how, uh, creating a competitive advantage, and we do too. But it's not a zero-sum game in, in academic yeah. Well, and it's interesting because I, I want this to make sense and not be kind of cliche, but HR in healthcare just feels more human. And I think it just stems back to that your product is human. It's yeah. it's care. The people are your actual product, which there aren't a lot of other industries like that. You know, that's... I, that's very true. And I think it's some of the reason people choose to work in healthcare, right? Not mm-hmm. just the clinicians, but even us that are in administrative roles. Um, because what we do is often caring for the community. It is trying to bring health and healing and not just, um, you know, physical health, but mental health or financial health to our communities um, that we serve. And and we do look at it as service. And so when you flip that to it from an HR perspective, I look at it the same way, right? Like how can we make sure those who are caring for the people in our community, which includes our workforce, um, mm-hmm. have what they need um, to be able to thrive and flourish and do their jobs most effectively. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Have you registered for ASHRA's June 4th webinar yet? Attend Optimizing Employee Wellness, How Infirmary Health Aligned HR and Pharmacy for Better Benefits, and Earn a CEU. Yeah, I think that's the uniqueness, Luke. It's the healthcare HR, the people taking care of the people that take care of literally all the people, Yeah, right? It's a a 100% people-centric 
uh, industry. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's super impactful. It is. So thank you. Thank you, Adrian, for sharing that. But that leads me to, did you have another question? I was going to say, it's a, just a thought. It's just, it's so much different. I remember earlier in my career, it's at a different company than I'm at now, but I had a coworker that had an issue and like with, I don't know, some senior leadership, right? It was just, everyone's got some issues. So they were like, well, I'm going to take this to HR and they're going to do something about it. And I, I guess they had this grandiose vision that HR at this company was going to go toe to toe with the executive leaders and like advocate for the employee. And I you know, I had to pull them aside and tell them, I said, what you think is going to happen is not what's about to happen here. And <laughs> the, and my friend goes, well, then what's the role of HR in this company? And I said, you know, you're not going to want to hear this, but their role is to make sure the company doesn't get sued. <laughs> they are on the executive leadership side and that's just the way it's going to be. And they're like, huh, and then had to rethink <laughs> it. But, you know, healthcare just isn't like that. You know, healthcare does actually advocate for the people around them. And I think it does get back to the people are the product that we're putting out there. Uh, and it's just awesome to see. Yeah. You know, yeah, you can make that's a great point, Luke, because you can if in healthcare HR, you can you can advocate for an employee. Maybe there's an issue between an employee and a physician, right? And it's, it's, it's a common thing. It's like you would advocate for your patient as their, yeah. as their provider and their doctor, right? We're just advocating for your teammate who's on your team. No, no different. We're just trying to take care of people in general. And you can make some really quick analogies um, for employee relations, leadership issues, I, I think that's pretty profound thought there, Luke. Well, thank I you. Too. My moments. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, you know, I, I think if you always start with the patient, you can't go wrong, right? And so right. data would say, like, you need healthy care teams. One where people are willing to speak up. And say, hey, are you using, you know, is this the right leg you're working on? Or, you mm -hmm. know, people feel comfortable. So creating that kind of culture um, is what is best for the patient. So I think you're right. If you come to whether it's a physician or whether it's someone else on the care team and you start with the patient at the forefront, it's, it mm -hmm. actually becomes an easy conversation. It's true. Adrian, yeah. have you ever been part of a, a culture that wasn't? that way maybe and like people say i don't want to use the word toxic but let's like broadly broad stroke use that you're in an organization where that was not the culture and then you had to you know nudge it over to that being the culture of people being comfortable sharing have you been in that situation so you know I, i'm the head of hr for a large organization right so <laughs> i would tell you that um you know I think we have a really good culture, even where I'm at and every place I've been at, but there are pockets where we have some uh, problems. So yeah. I've certainly had um, some pockets um, that we've had to work on and we had to do what we call culture work. Um, and often it is, you know, that, that, you know, everyone is trying to do what is right for the patient. Right. And so you might have a physician who, you know, might not use the most appropriate language or, um, uh, you know, may have challenges, but usually he is or she is frustrated because they're trying to get exactly what they need to provide the best care, right? And yeah. so, yes, we've had to do some work, um, but luckily it's small pockets, and and we have good, pretty good interventions on you know how to try to make some improvements in those areas. Oh, that's cool, and I'm sure that exists yeah. everywhere. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Do you, that's, that is so good. Do you, do you find then that you're able to lead, let's say the person, you know, the, let's say it's a physician, they use inappropriate language or whatever, but you know, in their heart, and it comes out like they're trying to find the best path for the patient, right? But in doing so, they offended somebody else on their team. Do you find that you can bring that team member around like in a, in a, in just discussion and talk and almost like an empathetic leadership type of way to see from their lens and what's trying to happen and then work through the cultural development of let's not talk like that kind of thing, yeah. right? Or why it offended them. But overall, you're trying to get to the same point, which is taking care of the patient. It wasn't somebody purposely trying to offend you with their yeah. language. Is that, do you work through those? And, and how does that go? You know, here's what I would say. I would say more often than not, we're able to work through them. Um, but I do think, you know, sometimes it has to come down to, you know, is the institution going to uphold its values and its, its standards yeah. for professionalism? Um, and sometimes it's not a good fit. I, so I will tell you, I feel very comfortable that we, we've had a lot of success with working with the individual. What, where we have challenges is, you know, sometimes the individuals who see that inappropriate behavior don't mm -hmm. always know the actions were taken behind the scenes to work with an individual. Yeah. And so we, where we, we struggle and, and we're, we're, you know, we're, we're putting tactics in place to try to um, aggregate the data and the actions that we take in response to investigations. And we're trying to follow up with people and say, we're closing this matter, but appropriate action has been taken, but we can't go into too much because it's confidential. Right. And so yeah. I, I, I feel really good about our, what we do with the individual who might have the um, inappropriate behavior. We, we're still struggling with how we let the team know that we're addressing it. That's really good. Yeah, that's got to be so difficult because there's that dynamic of it's almost, I don't want to use the word insulting, but almost disrespectful to the team if you don't protect that culture and that form of respect that you've worked really hard to build in the organization. Yeah. And I'm sure yeah. like every part of you wants to say like, no, we did this and it's awesome because we're going to protect everybody in the organization. And when you can't, that's hard. Yes. Yes, exactly. Maybe you go militaristic with it and have like night court, right? <laughs> and then you publish on a bulletin board who went to night court and what the, what the repercussions were. I, love I this, say that though. because when I have these conversations with folks, it takes me back to my army days and that's exactly yeah. how it goes. Right. You commander holds night court if there's punishment, you know, for whatever type of incident. And then if there's punishment, it gets documented. And then that physical document literally gets posted to a bulletin, physical bulletin board in the company area. And everybody can read, you know, Luke said the F word. He cursed at somebody and he gets 10 days of extra duty. And hey, it's just public knowledge. Right. I love but, what? No, that, I don't know. That I can't that imagine that ever working in corporate America, but it just it, or healthcare. I don't think or healthcare. So. What, right? Wouldn't it be but, fun though if you could request like a jury, a, a trial by jury in corporate America and in healthcare? And if you could say, "Well, I disagree with this," okay, let's take it to trial. You get one hour. We're going to randomly pick some of your peers, and we're going to get to the bottom of this right now. But you yeah. got to go with whatever your jury, the jury <laughs> That's peers the kicker. picks. Right. You yeah. request that you have to abide by whatever that jury finds, right? I that 
companies do have something like that. Like they'll have like a staff council that, you know, no. I don't know what matters go before them, but I've, I've certainly heard about that. Oh, that's interesting. Interesting. You could choose an attorney and everything. It'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. You know, we're not going that far, but I do think, you know, trying to annually publish, you know, like, like we did a hundred invest, we had 125 complaints. We investigated a hundred of them. 75 of them had, um, you know, like uh, where we took corrective action and steps were taken. Yeah. I mean, at least I letting people know we are doing it. You just don't see it. I think that is super important because that's yeah. what it indicates. It's like right. if you if somebody needs to raise a complaint, the last thing you would want them to feel like, well, this company never does anything about it. So why exactly. would I even bring it up? Yeah, exactly. Right. So just publishing the data without all of the details, uh, it, it absolutely lets people know that you take action and you take, you take things seriously, Yeah. right? To uphold the values and the culture of the organization. I think that's super important. Well, at, the end of the day, at the end of the day, people just want to feel heard most of the time. Even like when I feel wronged in any way at work, it's you, 99% of the time, it's me just getting stuck in my own head. And then when I hear what I feel heard by any leader whatsoever, I realize like how how crazy I've overblown this in my own head. And then like after a 10 minute conversation, I'm just okay with it. When I get somebody else's perspective, I'd say most of the time that's what happens, at least to me. Yeah. Agree. Agree wholeheartedly. And Excellent. these aren't just, you know, uh, professionalism or disciplinary actions just in everyday work, right? You just want to feel like, did you really get my point? So Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Or for someone just to say thank you, be like, oh, yeah. sorry, we didn't realize that. High five. You did a great job. And then I'll be like, oh, okay. I'm awesome again. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Adrian, before we let you go, um, tell our listeners uh, a few things, a few actionable tips that you that you would give them for overcoming challenges, whether that's coming out of the pandemic, pandemic, an employee relations issue like we're talking about, cultural issues, behaviors, upholding values. What are a few tips that you would give our listeners um, that they may be able to put in place today? I guess I would say, um, you know, know that you're not the only one that's out there that's likely having this challenge. Um, and so... Um, whether it's, you know, reading, um, on a ton of good authors who may be, uh, written on this topic or, uh, looking at an Asher webinar or networking with other peers, um, you know, definitely use your network, um, to understand, you know, possible solutions for how you can overcome the challenge. Um, and then I would also say, don't try to, you know, uh, take over Rome in a day, right? Sometimes you have to take small bites of the elephant and mark progress by making improvement over where you were, as long as you have a constant pursuit of getting better, you know, over time. Um, and so sometimes it's small improvements over time that add up to significant improvement. Um, so those are probably the two tips I, I would that's have. Perfect. When we so have true. So oh, true. those are, yeah, profound. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we give all of our guests an opportunity at the end to give some shout outs. Whatever you want to say, the floor is yours. 
Well, first of all, thank you, Luke and Bo, for having me. Um, I really regret we didn't get to do this face-to-face when we were in Savannah, but it's nice to be able to see you again. Um, I have the absolute best team in the world. Um, And so I have not just uh, a very capable group of leaders that work under me, um, but also just the HR and faculty affairs team at the Medical College of Wisconsin. I would put them up to anybody I've ever worked with. We have the best team. Um, And so I'm really, really proud to um, be their leader. I also uh, work with some of the best colleagues and the best leaders. Um, We have Dr. Raymond, who's our president and CEO, and Dr. Kirshner, who's our dean and provost, and um, just phenomenal leaders. So if you're doing people and culture work, you want to work with people who truly and genuinely care, care about the people, not just of your community, but within MCW and both faculty and staff. And I have that. And so just big shout outs to my colleagues at MCW. Um, and I, I'm grateful to be there and do the work that we do every day. Oh, it's wonderful. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing. We appreciate that. Astro Nation, you have been listening to Adrian Mitchell, the Chief People Officer at the Medical College of Wisconsin. And hey, take a look at Ashra. If you're not familiar with it, go out there, ashra.org, and and give it some consideration for joining. And then we would love to see you at Ashra 24 in Fort Worth, the annual conference in uh, April, I think it is. All the details are out there on the website. And with that, that's a wrap. Still listening? Save your seat for the upcoming June 4th ASHRA webinar with Rx Benefits and Infirmary Health today. Questions for the speakers? Send them ahead of time to ashra.edu at ashra.org.